LinkedIn News. Hey, welcome to The Path. I'm Ryan Roslansky, the CEO of LinkedIn. Today, we have another bonus episode where we're diving into one of the hottest jobs on the market, product management. I love this job, but I'm a little biased because I started out as a product manager. To talk about this role, I've invited my friend, Mark Hull, who's currently the Chief Product Officer of GoodRx. He joins me and LinkedIn Editor-in-Chief, Dan Roth, to tell us everything we need to know about product management. We'll dive in in just a minute. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I first met Mark when we were both at Yahoo way back in 1999. We met again in 2012 here at LinkedIn. He spent five years here transforming our messaging and networking products. Then he spent another five years at Facebook before landing his current gig as the chief product officer at GoodRx. One question I've gotten throughout my entire career, and I know Mark has too, is what does a product manager even do? Well, we'll break it down. But first, Mark tells us how he got started. Started off as a journalist, kind of like the Dan Roth path, if you, if you will. Uh, and but was always enamored with tech. And so just the power of tech and storytelling in terms of bringing people together. And there was this one really pivotal uh, story I worked on when I was at the San Jose Mercury News that brought it online and it helped it take a life of its own. And this showed me the power of what was possible. And I think I realized that as much as I love storytelling, you know, with, from the journalism background, I figured there's a lot of ways you can do that, but really focus on how you bring people together. And, and at that time was very interesting because, uh, listen, there were no schools of product management. There was no Reforge or any of these you know, different things that you could go learn this. You just had to do it, learn it by doing. And so I remember leaving the Mercury News and joining a company called Yahoo way back in the day, as, as Ryan remembers all too well. And the first day of work was meeting an engineer, a designer. And the task was, you three, go build something that people want. And I uh, like, go figure it out. We'll let us know how it's going, which was like an amazing charter at an amazing time where all sorts of things were being invented and nothing had been written. So for me as a product person, it's always been about how do you build really interesting, compelling things that solve problems, bring people together, help inform them. Uh, and that journey has really been all along my career has been helping find and explore those new things I could do just that. And Mark, you've done this role at you know, like you said, Yahoo. I remember we were called producers uh, back then. You've done it at many networks, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. You've done it at gaming companies. If someone was to ask you who had never heard it before, hey, Mark, what is a product manager and what do they do? What would you tell them? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I, I think there's really two or three things that product managers really do. One is that they're supposed to understand customers and what their needs are, what problems they might have, where you might be able to help them solve those things. So it's customer understanding is a big part of what a product manager does and end up representing them. The second part is devising solutions that meet those needs, which sounds really basic, like, all right, here's this problem somebody has. What's the solution I can hand to, to come up with uh, that actually solves those things? But at this most basic form, product management is those two pieces. But then the third part is like the glue that makes all those things come together. It's working with a lot of different people from designers to 
data scientists to engineers to make that all happen. And in many ways, you're that glue that helps make those solutions come to life on behalf of the customers. Some people like to think of it as like the CEO of a product team or something like that. That's what a product manager does. I don't like that an analogy. I think it's really more, in, in, in some ways, you're like the custodian of the customer experience. You're the glue and the grit that helps make things happen. You're the, the motivator inspirer in terms of when things uh, go well, and also the person that takes the blame when they don't go so well. So it's that kind of interesting intersection of all those different pieces. You know, when I first met a product manager, I think what surprised me the most was the fact that you don't actually have anyone who reports to you. You've got to, you have something you have to deliver on. You've got engineers who report to someone else. You've got designers who report to someone else, marketing managers who report to someone else. It's a, such an unusual role where you might not be able to directly tell people what to do. How, how much of your job is that convincing and persuasion and storytelling? I think the, the idea of being able to influence without authority is more of the job than most people realize. I think that there's this glorified version in people's minds of what product management is. Oh, you're that, that person that came up with this great new idea and you made it come to life somehow. You told all those people what to do and they they somehow like delivered on that. And then you see all the television shows that kind of glorify it. But I, I think that that hustle, part of it is a really small part of what the experience is. It really is you know, helping motivate and influence your team in a way to help bring them together on something. And so the, the role of a PM really is highly dependent on your EQ. If you have low EQ, like you command with, uh, you know, with an iron fist, if you will, like good luck making this a sustainable career. I think that the, the thing I've found uh, throughout my entire journey is that, listen, I might not have the, the, the deepest technical chops of anyone uh, you know, out, out there. I may not be the next Steve Jobs in terms of the super idea that someone will come up with to solve about problems, or I may not have the hustle of you know, Travis Kalanick of Uber and those guys. But my strength and my focus will really be, able to be to build strong, healthy, scalable teams. Because I know that there will be other people on team that have those great ideas that are smarter than all those things. And if I can help motivate, pull them together on a common purpose, like great things are possible. And I think for most PMs, they undervalue or underestimate how important those skill sets are. But then when you think about the duration of your career, it all comes down to those relationships. And that's the really the secret power. So when you're coaching someone, is that what you're recommending? Young, a young PM comes in, you're saying, like, learn how to do what? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I laugh a little bit because I, I do mentor quite a few people. And like I sometimes when I, I'll get two different kind of responses when I talk about like the EQ or the manager's toolkit or whatever it might be to help inspire people go forward. I'll have some people really lean into it. And typically those are people who've also had really bad manager experiences. They're like, yeah, don't make me that person. How do I do better and avoid all those pitfalls? Um, but I, I think that there's some people that I often find it's a little bit earlier in their career. They're like, yeah, yeah, I, I know I will go do that. All right, I'm a nice guy. I'll figure that out and it's okay. Tell me how to optimize growth to this end degree in the next 24 hours. Like they're looking for the secret weapon in terms of growth tactics or strategy tactics. Which, you know, listen, those things matter too, but the durability of product manager over time always in my mind comes down to the EQ and the leadership part of it. So my coaching tends to put a very heavy emphasis on that. And I, and I think it pays dividends over time. Like the, like this this is not a bragging point, but it just shows you how much relationships matter. You know, at GoodRx, uh, you know, after I joined here, um, about 15 people have come and, and joined the company that I've worked with previously at one, and in some cases, even two different companies. 
And it's not because, I mean, GoodRx is an amazing opportunity. It's a mission-driven company that a lot of people are excited about. But it's because there's a known entity in terms of the culture they're walking into, what product managers are empowered to do, the kind of teams that we're setting up and what to expect of that, that a lot of people are drawn to. You think about what the highlights are in your career, it's usually the people around you and the culture that you're in that is that thread that ties things through. It's not that one product launch. It's not that one hit you hit with a, a metric or something. It is like how you felt and what you or that unit that you're a part of. Brian, you have both been a PM and hired PMs and engaged. Does this all resonate with you? Or are you, are you, are you trying are you to interview me right anything? now? Who's <laughs> you? This your, is your world too. Uh, I mean, 100%. I, I think that a lot of what Mark says resonates a lot. Mark and I have been working, um, you know, kind of in the product field for our entire career. Um, it's funny. I was just looking up on LinkedIn across all product managers on LinkedIn. What are the top skills that product managers have? The top ones that I see here, data analysis, analytical skills, uh, cross-functional team leadership stakeholder management. What I don't see a lot of in this list is anything around uh, creativity. It's a lot of yeah. data analysis, analytical skills. Um, do you think this role has changed uh, a lot over the past maybe decade? When you and I were yeah. doing this early on, it was it was really about creativity. Um, yeah. You know, now it feels like it's a lot about data. Does that resonate with you? Or what do you think? Completely. Uh, it's funny. I was at a conference last week with a, 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 just a small group of people, and one of the presenters was uh, a gentleman who is the head of personalization and AI for Spotify. And he's walking me through, walking us through, like how he came up with their new AI DJ, which is very popular, taking off. Fascinating story of what uh, what they put together. He's a data scientist by training, MIT, super brilliant guy. But what I think he represented was the perfect blend of what this role is evolving into. And which is the combination of data insights and creativity to build insightful, delightful, and engaging experiences. Like, listen, you do need to understand data and be able to analyze yeah. it and, and use it in some powerful ways. And I, I think what's exciting is not so much that for the, just the purposes of growth optimizations, although that has an important role too, but we're at this era now where data is being used in profoundly inventive and compelling ways that solve amazing problems. And you need creative thinkers that understand the customer so well and understand what technology can do to take that data and build that bridge in a really powerful way. And so whether it's the guy from Spotify, the latest innovator from in, an, in the next healthcare startup, like that creativity is essential for product managers to be more than just an average person um, doing that day-to-day -day job. So what is the day-to-day -day like then? Because everything you're describing right now is like, sounds bottom, blue sky, I got the whiteboard, creativity yeah. data, and I'm coming up with this amazing product. Is that what every day is like as a PM? Man, if it were, I would I would be in this job forever. <laughs> uh, listen, you know, as, as all of us know that, you know, that it doesn't represent as much as we would like it to be. Like, you know, Ryan and I would probably like nothing more than just to sit, and Dan, you too, like to sit at a whiteboard and dream of all that's possible. Right. Um, the truth of the PM job is that it's a lot of really ugly hard work to get that dream to come into play. So you need to have that dream. You need to have that aspiration, that vision, that North Star that, that helps guide where you're going. But all the day to day work is in the, the nitty gritty of actually making that come together. You know, from the design, like, does it actually have the right kind of uh, flow and interaction? Is it simple? Is it easy to use? There's a lot of back and forth that needs to happen with that. What are the technical obstacles that are in the way that we need to solve to make this work? How do I bridge those two together? How do I learn what the customers need and anticipate from that from the insights team? 
how is this experiment actually performing? So I personally, I love all those things because the product manager job, like you're a learner, if nothing else, you're learning all the time and trying to distill that knowledge into signals to help guide and provide context to the team. But it's not all about whiteboards, dreaming the big views, the, uh, the future with augmented reality goggles on the entire time, uh, as fun as that would actually be. There's a lot of like just day-to-day -day uh, uh, you know, hard work that, that comes as part of that. If I remember right from when you were at LinkedIn, a lot of the PM's job is printing out memes with <laughs> Brian's face on it and putting it all over the office. Yes. So yeah. memes are a really big deal. And that's the fastest way to either career promotion or termination, <laughs> depending on the level of your me your memory. Working with Mark at LinkedIn years ago, um, he did bring a lot of levity to the role. And I think that levity is a really important component of EQ. And uh, people wanted to be around Mark. He was fun to be around. I mean, he could dream big, he could get things done, but he also knew how to have fun. And I think that um, you know, all jokes aside, it was probably a, a really important reason why Mark was so successful uh, and has been so successful in his role, because to your point earlier, like this is a high EQ role and you have to really help and convince uh, other people around you that don't report to you to follow you and your vision. And people like to work with people they like. Um, so uh, great job. Great job with your memes, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Listen, like, you know, all the classic things about life being too short to do stuff that you don't enjoy. I've learned from a lot of mistakes in my career in terms of places or people that I you know that probably wasn't the right move for me to make. And also for me to know that like that environment matters a ton to just my health and well-being and just satisfaction with what I'm doing. Like I don't like coming home miserable. Like who, who does? Um, there are a lot of other people who are much more, I guess I would say pliable with those kind of environments. It doesn't matter if the PM brings the donuts to the office in the morning. Like that's fine. Like there's, you don't have to be like the the social extrovert to get a lot of uh, value out of this job. Um, but for me, I just know that my own dynamics. I at least have that awareness of like what matters to me. Definitely, is, the people is like one of the highest degrees. It's good clarification because I'm, I'm already watching uh, meme generation trending on LinkedIn as a skill for product <laughs> managers. So thank you. Unsurprising. I do have a master class on that, and I'll let you know when you can take it. When you think about product management, you probably think about tech companies. But product managers can be found in all types of industries, from healthcare to manufacturing and even banking. And from what we see on LinkedIn, demand for product managers is high. So what does it take to even qualify? What skills do you need? What degree do you need? We have more on that right after this quick break. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors, I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. Welcome back. Here's what we know so far. 
To be a great product manager, you need to be able to understand your customers, guide teams, and have a passion for building something from scratch. LinkedIn data shows us that product managers have all types of backgrounds, business, marketing, computer science, economics, finance, or take Mark and me as examples. Mark was a journalist and I was a college dropout, which is why I think Mark is so adamant that anyone can be a product manager, as long as you're willing to put in the work to learn the skills needed. There's a little bit of the idealist in me that still believes that anybody can be a product manager. And and and, it, and maybe that's still true, but maybe there's some element of it that's not as true anymore. Like you feel, you still see things written that um, you have to have this kind of ex-technical acumen or you need to have more of a, uh, you know, a, sci- a CS or a science-backed degree. And I think that like, listen, all those things are still valuable. I guess when I look at hiring people, the things I look for, regardless of where they're at in their career journey, is I, I look for entrepreneurial spirit. And to me, that shows up in a variety of different ways. It means that people that are innately curious about what you know tech can do or the problems that are out there to solve, very customer or user focused, whoever that, that customer may be, um, uses data to make smart decisions. You know, they, they have to have strong intuition, but they need to be data informed. Um, they have the grit to work through any kind of obstacle because listen, it's hard and you're gonna have a lot of people or things telling you no along the way. You need the grit to persevere. And the last thing is that they have strong people skills, you know, communication, collaboration, all of those things that can come at all different you know, stages of your journey. But those are the things that matter most to me. So for someone who's early in their career, I encourage them to find opportunities that give them exposure to a variety of the things that they can build that up. So to make it very concrete, I have um, you know people that are asking like, hey, I'd like to make a transition into product management for some other role. What do I have them do? I, I tell them just to go build something, which... Sometimes it was like, like puts them off. Like, what do you mean? I'm not an engineer. It's like, you know what? I'm not either. And I had my own startup company and it meant like I did really ugly things like cut and paste code from Stack Overflow, which every engineer just laughed and immediately said, you never hire Mark for a technical role. But like, th- there's some truth to that. Like, how do you figure out these answers to the problems? What idea do you have? What, you know, looking at the competition, how would you do it better? And those are things I think that help you just experience what product management could be like. And give you the stories and experiences that you can tell them get into your first role, whatever company it might be, and to grow from there. Can I ask the flip side to that? Which is, yeah. what do you tell people? Who do you tell to stay away from this? Is there anyone who you have seen come into PM role and you're like, not this person is not meant to be a PM? Are there any personality traits or skills that you're like, there's a different job for you? I tend to be pretty optimistic about people and, and believe that anybody can make that transition. I usually like to start with asking what their motivations are. Why do you want to be a product person? Is it because of the love of this creative process and the work of, that you're doing with people? Is it because you, you know, you're inspired by somebody else and for what, what reasons might that be? I think that is usually a pretty good litmus test to me of, of whether this person's in it for the long haul or to satisfy some other ambition. Like, I've known people that want to do product management because it's just a tick on the box for them to say because they want to be like a CEO or something else like that. And so like I'm in product because I love building great products. And that I think great CEOs, you know, like especially ones that wear hoodies usually come from great, you know, product building backgrounds. And so like that, that can be a great path. But like understanding what their motivations are, like is the great litmus test. But, you know, I think a lot of people, it doesn't matter where you come from, you you can have a future in this role. My favorite question ever um, in interviewing for product roles has always been, tell me about the time that you built or created something that didn't exist. And it's, it's, it's just a, I think it's a really great question that 
speaks to what you just said about building. Sometimes people will answer things like, oh my gosh, you know, like when I was in school, I created this club. It didn't exist. We got it off the ground. It was amazing. Um, you know, people don't have to be, I don't mean you did, did you go build some amazing startup or some app or something, but did you create anything in the world that, that didn't exist before? On the flip side and kind of the dance question, once in a while you get someone who's like, what do you mean? Did I create something that didn't exist? I don't understand what that means. And I think in those cases, it's like, oh, you know what? Like this may not be the right job for you because this job is, is also about being able to go out there and see, you know, customer experiences or understand the market and create something new and be willing to be, you know, to build and fail, but to build uh, is kind of one of the most important things that exists in this role. So that resonates a lot with me. Mark, what's your favorite interview question for, for uh, PMs? Uh, I, this, this, all right, this is going to uh, spoil my inter future interviews, but I ask the same question to everybody, regardless of position or uh, seniority. And it's a, it's my icebreaker question. I actually got a lot of controversy when I posted it about LinkedIn, a lot on LinkedIn about this, uh, you know, a few years ago, which is tell me about your dream job. And I don't care what role you're applying for. Like in, in a, I actually usually caveat that, like, you don't have to tell me your dream job is the yeah. one you're applying for and that we're talking about today. But it usually opens up a lot for me right away, which it helps me understand, like, what's the horizon in which they're looking at their career? It helps me understand what their passions are, whether they're willing to be vulnerable about something that might, maybe makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like, oh, do I give the professional answer or do I give, like, the true in my heart answer? Um, and I learned so much from people. Like, my favorite answer is one person told me that they wanted to be a forest ranger. And they gave all the reasons why and how their love of the environment was leading them to this which I thought was fantastic. And I learned so much from that person. I have pretty high confidence based upon the answer about whether that person's going to be a fit or not. Uh, and it's usually right in terms of, of what, what, what they insight that they bring to that question. But I, I love that question. And it's also like, it saves me from having to answer, like how would you optimize A or B scenario you know, in this particular experiment? So. But it's so interesting that that is the question you asked, not the optimize A, B, because you think that you can teach the rest or the rest can be learned on the job or you assume they have that going in. Like, why don't you ask those technical questions? Well, I mean, so a couple of different things. Like, in, in, if I'm testing for specific skill sets, like chances are, you know, by the time I talk with them, they that probably will have been assessed elsewhere. Um, I do believe that, like, a lot of those skills can be learned in in the role that they have, experiment review, et cetera. Like, it, very quickly on that topic, like, there's a there's a lot of different ways to approach experiment reviews. I think the things I've learned from working at Facebook are the, the approach I tend to prefer. And so I want to help people learn that. They won't obviously know that walking into the, into the role. But the other question gives me insights that I can't find out any other way. And it's not like I'm looking for everyone to give me the force ranger answer. I want diverse teams. Like I, I, I might need that go growth hacker. I might need that optimizer. I might need that technical wizard. I might need that super uh, interesting, innovative, creative person that comes up with brand new ideas every time. But I don't want 100 of the same people. And so if I can get a, a sense from that question of like what they offer that's unique or how they think about things, it gets, helps me size up the, the right kind of things I will follow up on and dig into the rest of the conversation. Yeah. And it's a role that's just continuously evolving. I mean, I don't think, you know, 15 years ago, we would have seen some of the data science skills or data analyst skills at the top of the most important skill for product managers today. Um, but it's continuously evolving. It will keep evolving as well, you know, kind of through an AI evolution also. Um, one thing I do know is that, Mark, you know, I've had the pleasure of watching you at many companies uh, go on to build some pretty amazing things. A lot of the things that people use today on LinkedIn were, um, you know, ideas that, that you created a long time ago that have been very successful. Uh, 
And it's just been a really uh, amazing to watch your product career. And it's been a pleasure to uh, have you share that with the listener of the path today. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And it's always a pleasure to hang out with you both. Here's my takeaway. Product management is not a position that has rigid guidelines. It's one of the few positions I've seen out there where you can jump in from any other industry or any other job. It's the skills that matter. And what's really important is that you're a strong leader. You're able to communicate effectively, get a team excited, and have a passion for making an idea come to life. If you have this, then maybe you have what it takes to be a great product manager. Thanks to the team behind the scenes that helped build this podcast. We'll be back soon with some more interviews.